0: Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the ministry of the week... Greg Roberts.
1: We are told that we should go out and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And if you're a young believer or a new believer, you maybe wonder, what exactly does that mean? Well, essentially it says to share initially in your, your local neighborhood, in your immediate sphere of influence, your friends, your family, the people that you work with, your next-door neighbors, things of that sort. Then a little bit further beyond that, a little broader realm of influence. And then also to have that sense of of passion and burden and prayerfulness for people in other parts of the world that perhaps don't look like us, don't speak like us, don't think like us, but nevertheless for whom Christ died. And that's the world evangelism aspect of that uttermost parts of the earth. One Bay Area church that kind of has that down pat is our friends over in Redwood City at Grace Bible Church, and with us today in studios, Pastor Steve Converse. He is also, by the way, the speaker on Graceful Truth, heard on KFAX Sunday afternoons at three thirty PM. And Pastor Steve, good to see you again. Good to be here, Craig. I just got out of prison. I was in prison for a week. Uh, they finally they, caught up with you. They, they? they caught up with me. Yeah. <laughs> now I,
0: I, I played the Apostle Paul, so I was chained to a Roman
1: guard all last week for our VBS program. Fantastic. <laughs> so it's good to be free. So good, good to be, to be here. Free. With you. Good to see you free once again, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, hopefully on the, on the straight and narrow. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk a bit about that sense, that burden that your church in particular has. Um, a lot of churches focus on the uh, the Judea and Samaria part of their ministry and mm. and rightfully so they have been called to minister to an area a neighborhood and reach that area help grow the body of believers there, provide shepherding, discipleship, so on and so forth. But that greater vision of the uttermost parts of the earth, some churches do a great job at it. Some churches don't quite have it on the radar screen at all. I'm curious, in your case, specifically related to Grace Bible, why is that on your radar screen? Well,
0: it it always has been as far as the inception of the church. The church was actually founded as a missions church. It was started by a group of businessmen back in 1948, I think. And uh, they were attending a local church in Redwood City. And one of them had, a, I think, a relative who was a, a missionary with some organization. And the church they were going to was an American Baptist church. And uh, when they brought up the subject of bringing their nephew on and supporting him as a missionary, um, the denomination wouldn't allow it. So these businessmen quietly kind of left that church and started Grace Bible Church as a non-denominational Bible church in which they could support whoever missionary they wanted. And so uh, it's it's always had that missions flavor. Um, but to be honest, it's always been about um, sending the check. Very good at supporting the missionaries that came up through our congregation as they went out. We even support the retired missionaries still. Even though they're retired, we still issue them uh, checks every month, and we just feel that's part of our, our commitment to them. Um, but it was probably uh, 10 years ago we had an a individual who started coming to our church who was from India, and he was working here in the Bay Area and eventually uh, was married, and, and uh, his, his, him and his wife began coming to our church. And he brought up the idea of, have you ever thought of going actually on a missions trip? To some of these places you support and i thought sure that'd be great you want to organize it and he agreed to do that and so uh the first trip that we went on was uh, back in i think 2014 we went to we were supposed to go to thailand first and then india but there was a lot of political unrest in thailand so we couldn't go so we ended up just going to india and uh he knew growing up there a ministry that. Uh, uh, he was able to validate and there's a lot of needs over there and sometimes you don't know who to support and so it was uh very gracious of him to kind of point us in the right direction and so we went over in 2014 my wife and i and uh him basically from our church and just kind of exploratory mission (laughs) to meet these folks and we did and um they have a home there that ministers to about 180 250 children and uh, a lot of these children. Are orphaned; They have no parents at all. And uh, almost immediately, my wife and I uh, fell in love with these, these two sisters who had lost their parents. And so we agreed to kind of bring them on and uh, help support them. And uh, when we came back and we kind of shared this vision with the church, it was amazing to us to realize that, wow, uh, people really responded to that. And within a matter of months, we had uh, our church through individuals in our church, uh, were supporting up to 20 of these children who had literally no support at all. And so it was a very uh, eye-opening experience. And uh, I remember coming back and, and realizing that, wow, they have so many needs over there. Um, one of the f- first things I had to deal with when I came back was we were remodeling a playground and we had to spend $50,000 on this playground. And I thought, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, this is, this is not right. But, you know, the elders, you know, we all kind of got together, prayed about this and reminded ourselves, we have to have a strong base from which to send. And, and that's, you know, you got to strike that balance. You can't, you can't, uh, uh, you have to minister to the people locally as well. And uh, so our,
1: our church has always had a history of doing that. But How, how radical recently. was the impact in terms of the difference between simply sending the check versus going and seeing
0: well i guess i'll say this when i came back and we gave our little presentation before the church about our trip um my wife got up and and shared you know her view of what she saw and everything and and it was very emotional and i got up as pastor and i'm not very much an emotional guy at all (laughs) and uh i don't cry very easily things like that but i was weeping in front of my congregation i couldn't control myself as i was telling them about the needs over there and that's that spoke so much to their hearts that, wow, this really affected you. And it, it really it it, it it helps you grow in your appreciation for what you have here, the blessings, the running water, the the toilets, the all those things. Uh and yet you realize that it's not all about that. And to these these folks that we minister to over there who have little or nothing, um material things don't mean anything to them. They really don't. They don't have a of affinity for such things uh, the two gals that we started helping we took them to the mall one day and we're trying to buy them some clothes oh we don't need that we don't well, yeah you do your shoes are in bad shape you know and it was almost you had to force stuff on them and they were very grateful but they just live in a whole different uh, world you know and it affects your ministry here because it it causes you to fall to your knees and be grateful for, you know, the, the church that you do have and, and, and all the facilities and, and the technology and everything that's just at your
1: fingertips. Is it fair to say, then, that it, it breaks your heart for what you see going on, the need and the opportunity from the overseas perspective? And then gives you a whole different viewpoint in terms of what you have here, what you do here, how enormously blessed you are here.
0: Yes, yeah, it does. It really does. And at first, when you go over there and you see these needs, you you, you want to help, especially if you're a fixer like me. You want to fix every, you want to help everything you can. The, the need is so great, you know. Um, for every child you help, there's 50 standing in line that aren't going to get any help, you know. And it's it's a really gut wrenching process that you go through when you, you're trying to figure out, okay, where do we put these resources? Because, you know, you could have all the resources in the world and dump it over there and it would still probably wouldn't be enough because the need is so great. But, you know, like I said, what, what is more important is you realize that, you know what, yeah, they're they're lacking in material goods and maybe basic things for everyday living. But the one thing they're lacking the most is the gospel, the truth. And and when they connect with that and when they come to understand that, nothing else matters. They just want to be taught
1: the truth. There is that sense of of a tremendous spiritual hunger about Mm. them. We talked about this Mm -hmm. a bit off the air, Mm -hmm. that notion that while they might not be able to identify how to satisfy that spiritual hunger, they might not, in terms that we would understand from a scriptural viewpoint, um, acknowledge um, sin, salvation, sanctification, all of that. Uh, nevertheless, there is a thirst to be connected with God. The the, the difference is um, whether we understand that God came down mm-hmm. in the form of Jesus Christ and became man and dwelt among us and mm-hmm. suffered right. eventually on the cross for the fulfillment of Scripture, that through that suffering, that shed blood, we might be reconciled, might obtain forgiveness, and walk in fellowship with very God himself. Mm. And yet for a billion Hindus in India, most of it is about trying to reach up to right. multiple gods and in many respects try to appease God. I, I recall one time in India um, complimenting a little boy in front of his father, and I was quickly scolded and told, don't do that. Mm. And I thought, well, gee, he's just a a cute kid. Hey, what a cute little boy. No, don't do that because you might make the gods jealous by complimenting the young boy and not complimenting the The gods. gods, Yeah, Yeah, they have a whole different perspective.
0: And it's it's a spiritual need that is, I mean, yeah, the physical, the material need is there, uh, food, all those things. But the spiritual need far outweighs that because if you get the spiritual right, God will take care of his children no matter where they're at and and once they once one of these young children comes to Christ and they understand who their savior is and they understand who the God who created them was and they realize that hey you know what he is a father to the fatherless and he is a provider for those that don't have sustenance and what happens is everything else fades away and they're just they're hungering after the word they're they're so hungry for the word of God over there and your heart breaks because you know, I was a, a youth pastor for several years b- before um, I got into pastoring at church. And I remember going on the youth mission trips. And, you know, it was all about painting rooms and building, you know, whatever. And, and those things are, are great. But one thing that was lacking was the message of, you know, the gospel that, that we could change these folks' lives. And, yeah, maybe they had a new building when we left. But uh, I, it was definitely lacking as far as the, the message and, and the, the spiritual nature of those trips. And
1: pastor Steve Converse with us today in studio, senior pastor of Grace Bible Church and also host of Graceful Truth, heard Sunday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. right here on KFAX. Information about both the broadcast ministry as well as the church in Redwood City online at gracebibleonline.org. That's Grace Bible Online dot o r g. Interesting that passage. We're all sinners um, and fall short of the glory of God, and yet sometimes we think, well, that means that all of us who live in America are all sinners, or um, all of those people over there that are prostitutes are sinners. No, God doesn't differentiate, does He? No, He doesn't. It's all of us. <laughs> I, I, There's no <laughs> exception to that list, is there?
0: I, I share with the folks often on Sunday morning. The only difference between me standing up, you up here on this platform and you sitting down there as I'm facing North and you're facing South. <laughs> that's we're, we're, we're both, we're all sinners. Yeah. We're all in this together. And, and I think that, you know, it's unfortunate. I think today in our churches, a, a, a lot of, we we've adopted this celebrity mentality, you know, kind of, well, it's a pastor, you know, and I, and I always remind our folks, look, you know, that's just a title. Okay. I mean, it's a calling granted, but um you know uh, i'm I'm right on the same plane with you all, and we're all working together for the common good of the gospel and uh, you know, except by the grace of God, there go I so you know it's that it's that it's that reality of uh, I think being transparent with people and being willing um even as my my wife and I sometimes will we'll counsel other couples, and you know you hear these these heart-wrenching stories sometimes they share with you, and they and they're kind of surprised when they hear back from us. Well, yeah, we've dealt with that too in our relationship, you know, and and uh, still do sometimes. So it's it's that transparency, I think, that uh, unfortunately is is lost a lot of times in ministry.
1: It's part of the problem too that we we tend to, and this is just the human condition and sin nature focus so much on ourselves mm. and our needs and our wants with, you know, capitalized, underlined, italicized, and bold, that we sometimes fall short of the recognition that at the end of the day, it's really about him Amen. and what he did on the cross and and God's willingness to come down and meet us at our level. I mean, when you think about the notion of, of Jesus taking on sin... Mm. Yeah. A holy, pure, righteous God, it, it's mind-boggling, and so it should be. I don't think mm-hmm. it's anything on this side of the veil we will ever going to fully begin no. to comprehend, and if anybody no. said that they fully yeah. did understand <laughs> yeah. God's grace and God's love, yeah. I'm going to call you to face a liar. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, now we see through a, a, a glass darkly, right. but that idea that maybe we need to, as believers, uh, put more of the focus on him Mm
0: -hmm. and and that's the the wonder of the gospel isn't it that god would save me not only that god would save me but god would choose to use me in any way Mm -hmm. because he doesn't need me he doesn't need you he doesn't need any of us but he he chooses in his grace and his love to use us for his glory see and that's the key it's for his glory it's not it's not for ours you know i i i walked away a long time ago from the idea of building a huge church with lots of people. I said, you know, I just want to do what God wants me to do. And if that's 50 people, if that's 100 people, then I'm good with that. You know, I, I don't I don't have a, a
1: problem with that because that's, that's his calling on my life, you know. Um, and the measurement at the end of the day really is about one's faithfulness, is it not? Exactly.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where, you know, my heart is, is, is to stay faithful to what God as a as as an individual as a congregation as a church Is called us to do.
1: Does the church become less effective because sometimes, and I I mean the church both as an institution as well as the body of believers, because we tend to be focused on the numbers game, well, your church only has 500, but this guy over here has got 1,500, so what is he doing right that you're doing wrong? Or, you know, I only make so much money and somebody else makes a lot more, so I must be doing something wrong, that sense that we we tend to want to use... um, Humanistic yardsticks to measure our success in life or the nature of our relationship with God when, in fact, God, if anything, eschews the notion of using any of those world yardsticks to measure who we are. I mean, it kind of gets back to, okay, Jesus, so when you get up there, who's going to get a chance to sit at the right hand? Right, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And we
0: we forget that Jesus said narrow is this way. Mm -hmm. It's not broad. You're not going to have hordes of people... (laughs) you know to to a message that's true to the gospel um you know and 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 we try to as, as i try to as a pastor to stay true to the word of god i mean we're not the only church on the block i don't have a corner on the truth you know i have the same holy spirit every other christian does but i just am unwilling to compromise what god's word says even when i don't understand it completely i tell the folks that i don't get this but this is what it says And, um, you know, and that is so, I think, important to have that commitment to truth because either God's word is what he says it is and declares it is or it's not. And if it is, then we have no business setting that aside and using the music as the preference for the church or the youth ministry. No, it's – what happens with the Word of God well, The life is in every the word. Sunday? Yes. I mean,
1: that's the bottom line. And you can put on a great show mm-hmm. and get a lot of people to show up on Sunday morning. Exactly. And, and, and I've argued that, well, uh, yeah, maybe you can do that. But if that's the arch that they weren't going to measure, then I think it can be reasonably argued that uh, Mr. Davis does a far better job <laughs> because well. he fills his auditorium a lot quicker and a lot faster, and they actually pay to get in on the average Sunday morning in Oakland compared to the average church in the Bay Area. So it it all comes back to where is the focus going to be and how central to what we are doing in the preaching from the pulpit, the reading from the pew, the living of life is God's word to who we are.
0: Right. And a majority of, of churches in America are under 100 people. I mean, we fail to understand this, you know, that, that, that most of the churches are not mega-churches. And you know, funny, they're, they're, I looked in the Bible for stories between. about
1: mega-churches in right, a first-century church. Yeah, there
0: are not. Yeah, right? and that's what I often tell people. You, we forget they met from house to house. You know, I don't know, you couldn't fit a couple thousand people in a house. So it, it goes back to the idea of, you know what, just being faithful to what God has called you to do, not just as a pastor, but as a, a Sunday school teacher, as a, a youth ministry leader. As as someone who's greeting at the door, uh, folding bulletins, helping in the kitchen, wherever you're serving, just be faithful to what God has called you to do. I learned that early on when I was a youth pastor. We'd plan these big events, you know, expect 200 kids, and five kids would show up for whatever reason, and we had all this stuff. And I remember the the, the youth workers asking, me, "Well, should we cancel it?" It's like, no. There's there's 10 kids here. We're going to do the best. We're going to do the same thing we did with 10 kids as we did with 200. And you know, God. God really appreciates that kind of faithfulness, you know, and that commitment. It's, it's not about how many are in your congregation. It's just being faithful to what God has called you to
1: do. Well, and, and never knowing within that realm of influence who might be there. I mean, Christ poured out his life continuously for three and a half years mm-hmm. to a rag. Tag group of 12 guys, right. most of whom couldn't get an interview, let right. alone a job right. with a Fortune 500. We wouldn't have hired today, them today, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yet there they were, and they carried on the legacy, the spiritual legacy, that has influenced the lives of every one of us to yeah. this very day. And so you know, this is not to suggest that a church that's been successful no, and, and has all. seen numerical success is somehow doing something nefarious to achieve that or no. something wrong. Not to say that all, but to suggest that at the end of the day, the yardstick, the measure, is not based on what's going on numerically in the pews, but what's going on in the hearts of individuals. Exactly. And what they're doing right. with the Word of God. Precisely so. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Word of God, mm-hmm. so tell us uh, briefly what's going on with the Word of God over at uh, Grace. Well, we've
0: been in a in our uh, study through Romans, so we're, we just started... Uh, you can be there forever in that Well, this is our wow. 116th message stop, in, in the book. Like, where, to prove we're, my boy. thank yes, you. <laughs> we're in Romans chapter 12, so we've just, just gotten out of Romans 9, 10, 11, which was and you take you take a
1: almost a Dr. McGee approach to this. Is verse, Korea, by verse. verse by verse. yeah, methodical, yeah. Yeah. love it, yeah. good, expository-based. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just take my time. I,
0: um, you know, I was nervous at first when we went through the Gospel of Mat- Matthew years ago. Because I thought, oh, I bet you the people are getting restless or whatever, and kind of took a little. Uh, you
1: should have tried the Book of Leviticus. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. some <laughs> questions, and they're no, no. This is good. So we just continue through it. So I, I, it just works for me to do that because uh, you know I'm not creative creative enough to come up with something new every week. So for me, it's just well, it's the next verse. We got to deal with the next verse. Plus, it keeps you true to the text, and and that's so important. And along those lines, I mean, we have a lot of different things going on. We have a, a women's ministry that. Uh, my wife leads with, um, uh, she teaches several studies each week on, on Tuesday mornings and Tuesday nights. Uh, they're going through Genesis on, on uh, Tuesday nights. On Tuesday mornings, she has two studies, actually. One, they're dealing with uh, biblical self-confrontation, which is a, a wonderful study, kind of biblical counseling kind of stuff, and then also another study on Revelation. And uh, they hold these conferences for, for women, which is, is kind of interesting, and it all deals with uh, hermeneutics how to study the Bible. Wow. And sometimes, you know, churches forget. I mean, it's, it's important for men to understand that stuff too, but uh, they, they go through the Simeon Trust, and, and we have a speaker come out every year. And just a, it's, it's just a delight to see, you know, with ours and a couple other churches, you have 40, 50 women for the sole purpose of Friday night, Saturday, understanding how to study the Bible. And, uh, you know, whether you're a Sunday school teacher or anything like that, uh, it's just a, it's a wonderful opportunity um, our men meet once a month for a, a Saturday breakfast, and then we have a Men in the Word ministry that meets on the second Thursday of each month. And uh, right now we're going through uh, – we're almost done with the Exemplary Husband by Stuart Scott. And mm. now it's been a, a year-plus study we've taken our men through, but that's been good. Um, we do have a, a, a conference coming up in November. Uh, we, we're going to start a, a new conference series every year, and we're going to call it a, an equipping conference – and so the, for this first year, um, November tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, we're going to have back with us uh, Justin Peters. I don't know if you're familiar with Justin Peters' ministry, but he's a um, uh, a preacher, uh, lives up in Idaho, actually, um, but a wonderful man of God. And he's he has cerebral palsy, so he went through that whole process in his Christian life of entertaining the idea that God's going to heal him. Finally, came to the conclusion that no, he's not. And so he's he does a uh, series of studies on discerning uh, God's will and discerning good teaching, and he does a whole expose on uh, uh, the word of faith movement and how that's harmed uh, the church in general. And so he's, he's specifically in November, he's going to be speaking, he's going to do a, a seminar on uh, the Reformation and Catholicism and how that, that all works together. But that's going to be, uh, it's free, uh, it's going to be November 10th, 11th, and 12th and uh, he'd be actually a good good guy to get on your radio it program sounds like you can look up Justin Peter's ministry uh, on, on the uh, on the on the internet and uh, so we we launched a new church app this last year um, you can look that up grace church dash ca and uh, just allows you to hear the messages or even to give uh, to the church, uh, to the radio program, whatever,
1: and that's so, available for both iPhone and uh, yes, Android. Both. Yep, yep. So you can go to the Google Play Store yes. or to the iTunes Store yes, and exactly. get that. And that's Grace Church. Dash, dash, CA, C-A from yes. California, obviously. Yep. yep. Lots of good stuff going on over at Grace Church. And again, if you want to find out more about Grace Bible Church of Redwood City online at gracebibleonline.org, that's gracebibleonline.org. The broadcast again Sunday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. Graceful Truth with Pastor Stephen Converse right here on KFAX. Pastor, always good to visit with you. Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's highlighted ministry is available
0: at kfax.com. Until next time, God bless.